Welcome to Night of the Living Geeks. If you geek out over it, we've got a podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to If Memory Serves, one last time. Seb and I have packed up the memories, wrapped up the nostalgia in bubble wrap, probably improperly labeled boxes, and well, we're now just hanging out here for maybe some snacks and drinks to wrap all this up. Hazy hallways aside, I'm Taylor, and with me, as he always will be, he's simply my brother this time around, it's Seb. How you doing, man? Well, I'm, I'm doing good. Um, you know, we've survived 2020. It's officially 2021. Um, it is, yeah, and, 2nd of January. And, uh, you know, holidays came and went. Uh, how, how was your uh, holiday season? Uh, good, yeah. good, yeah. Christmas was very chill. Um, you know, uh, I know you went down to see mom and dad and, mm-hmm. you know, we did a distant present swap and then tried to, uh, hop online and video chat each other as we opened mm-hmm. presents and that, that of course hit some glitches. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was definitely unlike any Christmas I've ever had before. That's um, for sure. Yeah. And hopefully, hopefully we will not have another Christmas like it. But uh, I, I got so many great things, and you gave me some of the, my my favorite gifts this year, both for my Christmas and birthday, you know. Gift, um, and I really appreciate it. Uh, really good stuff. So um, you know, I mean, it was a nice way to end the crazy year, I guess. Yeah, that's for sure. Now I think you were you were back home in time for New Year's. Did you try staying up? Uh, I got yes. Um, I I was back here in Sacramento for New Year's Eve. And uh, there was so much gunfire in the neighborhood, I actually wasn't able to fall asleep until about 1230 or so. Oh, jeez Louise. Yeah. Jeez uh, yeah. Louise. But, you yeah. know, it's, it's no problem. You get behind the sandbags and you're, you're totally safe, you know? <laughs> Boy. <laughs> uh, oh, Sab, we need to find you a better apartment. I know. You know, it's in, in about... Five or six weeks, I will have been in this apartment for exactly one third of my lifespan. Which no, God, has it terrifying. been that long? Yes, sir. Holy yep. moly, that's insane. It's pretty weird. Yeah, I have to ask: Has your rent gone up much in that time? Yeah, it's it's it started out like in the eight hundreds, and now it's in the twelve hundreds. Okay, so not horribly. So, not, I mean, it, not hasn't like even, it, it hasn't even doubled or anything. So, <clears throat> no, nothing like that. Thankfully, yeah, it's bad. okay. I'll take um, it. Yeah, well, we, um, you know, we let parents stay up as long as he wanted to mm-hmm. on New Year's. Um, we you know we watched the ball drop in New York, mm-hmm. um, and then about that point, he's like, "Yeah, I'm ready for bed." Nice. I, I basically made it to I don't know. I think about ten, maybe just before that. And then crashed out myself. I actually, there were totally fireworks being set off at midnight. I slept through them. Oh, wow. Okay. That's just how tired I was. Uh-huh. And then one went off at like 1 a.m. And I'm like, oh, God, I'm awake. <laughs> Thanks. awake. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, right? <laughs> but yeah we, we, yeah, we had a good Christmas. We had a good New Year's. Um, and now we've got just a little bit of time left before it's back to work and back to teaching and back to school and all that so sure yeah it's been it's been a nice break cool it's been a nice break awesome well why don't we take a quick look at maybe some headlines that we've got here yeah um now you and i are both big fans of back to the future indeed um possibly some of our most favorite movies ever Mm -hmm. um 
coming out in March is actually a um, a pretty detailed book about um, Back to the Future, some of the background on it, some stuff's answered in it. But I love that it is basically set up like those old uh, Haynes uh, owner's manuals, workshop manuals. Yeah. You know, if you were at the auto zone and you're like, oh man, my 78 Ford Fairmont isn't, isn't running right. Uh, let's see if they've got the, the Haynes uh, workshop manual for it. This is the uh, Back to the Future DeLorean time machine, uh, Doc Brown's owner's workshop manual. Right. Totally official. I think Bob Gale is one of the co-authors. Um Looks like a really interesting publication. And, you know, it it, it, it kind of makes me stop and think. It's like, you know, we probably could have done a Back to the Future episode. You know, mm-hmm. we, never, we probably talked enough about the trilogy just in other all our other episodes in past. Yeah. Episodes. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, it, it is. It, it looks like a really neat book. It's uh, You can pre-order it now. Um, there's a link to the article, which will have a link to the pre-order. Uh, but it comes out at the end of March. Now, I'm not sure. I get the feeling that this book, although it was going to be amazing, probably won't answer my top number one question about Back to the Future that I've never been able to find an answer to. What What is that question? I've always wanted to know, Of obviously in the first film, um, Doc Brown cannibalizes a pinball machine yes. you know, to fool the, the Libyans. Yes. I would love to know which pinball machine it was. Mm. What? You know, which one um, was it? Gosh, like? that's a great question. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Um, well, I'll be completely honest with you. I have pre-ordered this book. I will let oh, you really? know if that answer is oh, in cool. there. Yeah, for sure. Um, and gosh, yeah. Why aren't more people talking about this? That's such a great question. I've never even considered that. You know, it's crazy because I, the other night I was looking at, there's a there's this thing on YouTube um, I think it's 1989. It's this weird NBC special hosted by Leslie Nielsen, and it's like a, a sneak peek at Back to the Future Part Two. Oh, interesting. Okay, it's it's the really famous one that we and many other kids around America watched when we were young, where Robert Zemeckis comes on screen and he gives a bald faced lie about the reality of hoverboards. Um, oh, yeah, that rings a bell. It's a really yeah, and I rewatched it just to like. Because when I saw this thing as a kid, I, I bought it hook, line, and sinker. And I was like, you know, he, yeah, apparently they're real because the television set's telling me they are. I, I remember that. I rewatched really it just to see if there was like, you know, maybe he was smirking. So you, there was some tell that as a little kid I couldn't see through. Right. But no, he was just, I, it was just as, the pain was just as clear, you know, as it was, you know, 30 years ago or whatever, you yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I have recollections about that. Um, yeah. And I'm trying to remember, did I ever send you, I think I must've said, we must've talked about it on the show. Um, yeah, we totally did because we talked about, um, when that one time we tried to find the filming location up in the gold country for back to the future three. And there was somebody, somebody on YouTube Mm -hmm. had Mm -hmm. video from like a, like an open house day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like a community day, I think it was. It's the local community was invited out to the set. Yeah, this would have been the 1885 Hill Valley, basically. Yeah, right? exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I and I love that. I finally, you know, if there's something I can say was a fantastic result <laughs> of having done this show with you, mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. that we actually did figure out 
exactly where that set was. That was such a quest when we were little kids. And whenever oh, we were on vacation uh, in that part of the state, we'd get our parents to like, hey, can we take this like 40 mile detour to see if we could find and, it? And that it was so close to the highway. We were, yeah, we were probably so close to it. Yeah, at the time, it literally drove drove right past it. It it just it's off the highway and over a small hill, and it would have been right there. We never could have gotten to it. We probably couldn't see it from the highway hmm. at any point. But the fact that I finally had it answered was such just a like a life achievement for me. But it like it was really sad because it like burnt down or something, right? Yes. Like we can't see it. We can't really go to it now. I no, guess. we can just yeah. go to where it was, where and, it was, and right. you know, decades and decades later, like we can't even technically go there. I mean, it is private property, right? Um, I mean, it's, yeah. You know, without without trespassing, and I would never advocate that. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, don't. I won't lie. I I have dreams of you know doing that, and you know, finding you know, just something on the ground mm-hmm. and being mm-hmm. like, here, here's my memento. I'd never actually do it, but you know, yeah. Get, it's like, you'd have to get owner's permission and like get a metal detector and exactly. like a YouTube video or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. We go, we, we go get Gary Drayton from, uh, from <laughs> Curse of Island. There find some Bobby Dazzlers. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, interestingly enough, I know we didn't 2020, uh, did not have, a summer Olympics. It's gotten pushed to at least 2021, but looking forward to the 2024 Paris Olympics, um, apparently breakdancing is going to be an Olympic sport. This, I, you know, I, I, I double, ch- I had to double check this link to make sure it was f- for real and legit. Cause that's crazy. You know, right. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be an interesting, uh, uh, sport to watch, I guess. It'd be um, fun to watch. Um, I mean, you know, in, in all fairness to the Olympic Committee, apparently there have been over the past 130 or so years, some really odd competitions that used to be medal sports. Uh, really quickly, I just looked at a couple of them. They used to have tug of war as a, a medal sport in the oh, Olympics. Oh, really? Like a bazillion years ago. Interesting. The, weird, the weirdest one, town planning. What? Yeah, town, like people that designed like cities and architecture and stuff yeah you could get like a gold medal in the olympics for that which is bizarre beyond bizarre that is really bizarre um well 2020 was supposed to have surfing oh was it really yes oh wow yes and and that got obviously bumped uh which i was bummed about because i would certainly watch that I remember when they um, when they had the 2016 Summer Games at, at the very end ceremony. They kind of have this weird ceremony where they like almost like pass the baton to the next city where, or whatever, and it was going to be Tokyo. Yes, and they, they actually had the the then serving Prime Minister of Japan show up dressed as uh, Mario from Nintendo. Yeah, and like coming out of a pipe, you know, and it was yeah. like like. I'm not even Japanese, but I wanted to vote for that guy so much for anything. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, oh my gosh. That's so cool. Yeah. Uh, anyway. And, and this might be the first uh, podcast audio appearance of one of the cats oh. who is uh, about six or seven feet away from me in the litter box, scratching at it. So uh, oh, no meows. <laughs> okay. But, uh, there's Tippy doing her thing. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> um, but you know what? I One of the things I probably have scheduled for tomorrow is taking down our Christmas lights. But if you're not ready to take down Christmas just yet, 
We've got a link, and it's in the show notes, to a bunch of 90s-era Christmas commercials. Oh, this was a great link because it's actually um, uh, put together by a guy that I follow online pretty closely. Um, yes. At, uh, he runs a website called Dinosaur Dracula. Um, a couple weeks ago, he actually helped me on Twitter uh, kind of date some of our childhood Christmas photographs using internal evidence. I remember seeing that. Yes. And it's interesting because in those photographs, you're wearing this shirt that says something like homebrew party on it. Yes. The Rick Motion. Yes. Uh, yes. Friend Motion. of mom and dad's. Exactly. And when I was with mom and dad over Christmas, I was like, what the heck are we doing wearing like a homebrew party shirt? And they were telling me about this guy, Rick Motion, who used to be an astrophysicist at San Jose State University. Oh, was he really an astrophysicist? I didn't know yes. that. Oh, yes. And now he's retired and he uh, runs a big vineyard up in the Russian River. And he's like online. Oh, no kidding. I know, totally. It's like I want to almost like reach out to this guy or something. Oh, yeah, definitely. Do you That's remember awesome. those parties in Scott's I, Valley? I do. Yeah. They were I pretty definitely cool. do. Yeah, they were. For sure. Um, yet, yet more evidence that my parents are, were cooler than I will ever be. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know, again, looking, looking back at 2020, um, we, we did lose a lot of entertainers. Um, mm-hmm. More than I, I really would care to even think about. And even some sense, I added this note to yeah. the uh, uh, to the show notes, uh, you know, rest in peace, Don Wells. Um, but words right out of my mouth. Yeah, yeah, exactly, man. It's it's yeah, that one hurt. Um, and it was COVID related, which is even more yeah. annoying. Um, but if you want an oversized slideshow of the entertainers we lost this year, there is a link in the show notes to go and view that. And if you don't want to, and you're just like, I don't want to think about 2020 anymore, you guys, that's fine. That's you know, fine. It, it, the, the Don Wells thing was so the, like, there's all so many horrible things about 2020. And it was almost like the year just wanted to give me one last kick in the butt at the very uh, end of the year. It's like, right? you know, you think this year was bad. Here's this one last thing for you to you suck on, you know, Don Wells yeah. dies. And I was like, Oh God. Yeah. So I don't know. But yeah, yeah but you know, um, a lot of talent, a lot of talent this year that's passed. And, uh, it's, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm usually actually kind of a sucker for this kind of thing. I, I really, every year I, I like Turner classic movies puts out a dead people montage. There's mm-hmm. one in the Oscar ceremony and I usually love it and celebrate it, but this year it's just a little more poignant. Yes, I don't know. Oh yeah. No, that is, that is for sure. Yeah. That is for sure. Um, but lastly tonight, um, apparently NBC is toying with the idea of bringing back probably actually one of my favorite shows from the eighties, Night Court. Night Court. I can't, I mean, when I saw this headline, I I knew I had to throw it in the show notes and it's, it's, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll wait, I'll wait and before, you know. I'll have to, I want to see proof of life before I get too excited. You know, I, you yes. know, it happened, you know, it might not happen, but it's definitely interesting because it doesn't appear to be like necessarily a reboot of night court. It was almost like a continuation. Yes. It would be uh, starring Melissa Rauch playing Abby stone. Who's the daughter of the late Harry stone. Of course, the famous judge from the show and supposedly John Larroquette would be, uh, you know, reprising his character of Dan Fielding, uh, I, which, which is, is bonkers. 
It's totally bonkers. But it, it, it just got me thinking. It's like, I started wondering, it's like, if it does, if they do pull it off, it's like, who would I love to see that's still alive from the old show? Like, um, you know, Marshall Warfield or Richard, yeah. Moore, you know, like show up for a cameo or something like that. Yeah. Like I don't Martin know. Post, maybe. Yeah. So I don't know. That's I mean, funny. I, I kind of hope it does happen in a sense, you know, I mean, we'll see what happens. But. Yeah. We will see. We will see. Um, that would, yeah, I, I would definitely give it a try. <laughs> the more I think about it, I'm like, yeah, you know, Oh yeah. Well, folks, here it is. This is, this is our last time down the nostalgia road. Uh, so to speak, not our last time doing a podcast together. We'll have information about that at the end, but yeah, this is just a chance for us to kind of kick back one last time and, uh, look back at our episodes, maybe talk about some stuff that didn't fit anywhere else. And, yeah, you know, just, this is probably the most chill time I've had prepping for an episode. And I've kind of loved that because I don't oh, think, cool. I don't think our next venture is going to be, uh, <laughs> quite so chill. I think there's going to be some pretty heavy research going into some of these things. Gee whiz. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's almost exactly almost three years since our first episode, I guess. Uh, three, three, three years in a month. No, yeah. December, December, December first. Okay. December. Because we had the idea over Thanksgiving. Okay. All right. So pretty close. Not exactly, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, I mean, I, I just really, I, I you know, for the, any folks out there that have listened to us, we, we, we definitely salute you and tip our hats to you. I mean, if anything, I value these recordings. They're, they're of intense value to me in the sense that, you know, God forbid, 10 years from now, you're walking under a coconut tree and a coconut falls and hits you on the head and you get amnesia. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily at that point be able to have you with, to re- reminisce with. And these audio recordings would be basically the next best thing, you know? Yeah. And, and you know, sometimes I want, I, one of the things I threw in the show notes, I mean, sometimes I wonder if maybe our biggest fans haven't even been born yet. Maybe your future grandkids are going to be like, hey, well, what was, you know, grandpa and his brother like, you know, and they, they dig these audio recordings out of some part of the internet or something like that and take a listen to them, you know? Yeah, we'll see. I I, I have no idea. Right, right. I have no idea. But I I, I will say this, um, in all the nostalgia that we've looked at and reminisced about and brought up, I don't know how we went, (coughs) excuse me. I don't know how we went 38 episodes without bringing up the Koosh ball. Yeah, it's inexcusable. I mean, uh, amazing toy. Uh, I don't know how you would begin to describe a Koosh ball to like somebody that's unfamiliar with the concept. <laughs> um, it's like a hairy baseball? Uh, um, sort of, yeah. I, I, I almost wanted to say it's like it's like having a rubber ball band, uh, rubber band ball, because I can talk, um, but like cutting it so all the ends stick out. But I'm like, no, rubber bands are thicker than the yeah. the rubbery strands of a koosh ball. Yeah, they're um, very slender, right? Exactly. They're very slender. Um, and the, just the texture of them. I'm, I'm a very texture-based mm-hmm. person, mm-hmm. so I'm very tactile. And, and tossing the koosh ball around in my hand, mm-hmm. you know, throwing it up in the air, catching it, kind of just going back and forth with it, just stimulated that tactility to no end. Um, 
it was it was you know a simple simple concept toy um that really you know probably was one of my favorite toys for a good year or two yeah i'm I'm sure it made a zillion dollars um it's it's interesting when you think about it because you know it's probably one of the last mega toys that was simple in its design. Mm-hmm. I mean, probably everything since it had to have flashing lights or virtual reality or some sort of weird, you know, interactive component to be, you know, a big hit. And this was a very simple thing. Um, you remember the tactile sense. I remember there being a unique kind of odor to the Koosh ball. Yes. Uh, I remember that it, as well. And yeah. And I, I'm actually kind of surprised that as a kid, I never tried to like, do an autopsy on a Koosh ball and figure out what was on the inside of it. Cause that's all I think about now. It's like, I would love to see someone on YouTube, like just cut one open and see what, how it's like the internal design of it or whatever, you know? Well, uh, for what it's worth, it looks like you could pop onto eBay and find yourself a Koosh ball for under 10 bucks. Now. I, yeah. Cause I, I wonder if, I mean, I doubt they're still made today. It would have to be a, a vintage one, right? I mean, uh, as far as I know, I don't believe they are still made. Okay. Um, but do you remember, um, apparently they were, there were kooshlings huh. where there was a koosh ball with a head and arms and legs. Hmm. I, you know, it doesn't surprise me. Um, it sounds like the kind of thing, you know, they would do with a koosh ball, you know, it's weird because yep. I, don't, I don't remember there being much of a like a backstory or a comic or a cartoon. <laughs> to kind of go no, way, it, it literally, it yeah. literally was just a, a multicolored, you know, rubber ball. But there um, was like, yeah, there were like different, like you could get different, you could get like maybe like a hot pink one mm-hmm. or like a blue one. Yep. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking, here's, here's one vintage 1990s, six bucks. It's red, yellow, and blue. Okay, right. Um, here's another one. It's uh, green with a pink stripe. Okay, yeah. You know, um, yeah. I mean, there's actually a bunch of them that still have the tags on them. Okay. Well, it's good to hear that they're they're relatively reasonably priced. Um, yeah. Which is cool. Uh, it seems like the kind of thing if we found one like in the back of like a closet after thirty years, it would have been all like gross and hard and brittle. You know. I- would imagine, yeah, probably would be. Yeah. Probably would be. Um, so, Seb, do you have a favorite episode of ours? <clears throat> that's, a, I, we know, I, that's a, such a great question. I saw in the show notes, and it's, I don't know if I do. Probably, if I had to pick one, I'd say their Civil War reenacting episode. Yeah. Um, that one brought back just so many memories. Um so many good memories. Um, I mean, there, there's a lot of parts of episodes that I've absolutely loved. I absolutely loved our interview with Matt Shugailo, you know, yeah. in 1985's Poison Ivy. Yeah, that was uh, that was a trip. I loved how we did the birthday episode and we actually found some of the original audio used by the animatronics at the Bullwinkles Family Food and Fun Pizzeria. Mm-hmm. Um, that was that was pretty sweet. Um, I mean, I've always, I've always loved episodes where we've got to record in person. Um, yeah, like our Star Wars. Yeah, or or, or um, Back to the Beach. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, um, I can't believe that was a year ago. Yeah. Um, did Do you have a favorite episode that we did? You know, I'll be honest. I, I think one of the ones that really st- 
sticks out to me was our VW memories. Ah, uh -huh. Just because when we recorded that, it was all very bittersweet for me because us. Yeah. Because yeah. there wasn't any, you know, we didn't have one in the family anymore. Right. Um, there wasn't any sign that we would have one, but within a month, mm. it was, oh, uh, guess what? Uh, we got a little bit from grandma's passing and we're going to buy a bus. And like all of a sudden, and I think, you know, had, had for some reason, mm. you know, we had done those episodes in a different order. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my whole attitude going into that episode mm. would have been so different. Yeah. It's an interesting emotional arc that you're yeah. kind of describing. Yeah. When we recorded that, did mom and dad had, they had already sold their bus at the time. Yes. Okay. Cause that's interesting. Cause that, and I'm sure that's something I might've mentioned during the episode, but it, it's interesting because, you know, for however, like 40 plus years, we've both been alive. I mean, you could, there's only really tiny slivers of that timeline where nobody in the family owned a Volkswagen. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That was one of them, I guess, yeah. you know, which is kind of a trip when you think about it, but yeah, it totally is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that one always kind of sticks out mm -hmm. to me. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I mean, let's be honest, you know, we, we, we managed to do two years worth of Valentine's day episodes. They were always very stimulating episodes. I definitely appreciate <laughs> you indulging I me for that just concept. Even that there. <laughs> we definitely kind of eventually like the well ran dry pretty much. Yes. <laughs> you know? there, there, did, there did come a point. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was a good one though. There, there um, did come a point. I, I did enjoy kind of talking about like music from a particular year that we liked, but that was always difficult to um well one it was difficult to edit because there was yeah. just was so much to uh cut up yeah. and insert and and it's so i have a very difficult time kind of articulating why i like something mm. especially when it comes to something like music where it's it's all a very subjective and very personal journey mm -hmm. with it and so trying to you know express it in a way that's more eloquent than like, Oh, I thought the lead singer was hot, mm -hmm. you know, which, which sometimes that's all it was. And the music was good, but trying to kind of quantify what it was about a song that drew you mm -hmm. to it 30 odd years ago mm -hmm. was always kind of difficult. It, you know, those were, those were challenging episodes for me because for me, musically, I didn't really get into music or find music until my twenties. Mm -hmm. you know? And so for me, in my childhood and adolescence, the, the music that I gravitated towards was usually something that was uh, associated with another property. It was a theme song for a TV show or a song heard in a movie or a commercial, something like that, basically. Yeah. Um, which is kind of a bummer because I wouldn't necessarily have anything interesting to say about the band or the artist, but more like the brand of potato chips that I you know, saw during that commercial or whatever, you know? Well, no, I mean, I kind of get it. I mean, I, I look at the, the music that my kids listen to, and a lot of it comes from movies. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, they hear a song in, like, I don't know, like a Trolls movie or something, and, you know, be like, oh, I want that on my music player. I'm like, okay, figure out 
who does it and what it's called. And yeah, we'll get it on your music player. So yeah, there's, I mean, there's a lot of that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I totally get it. I don't think there's quite as much from commercials, but eh, you know, with everything on demand nowadays, you don't run into a lot of commercials. I will say personally that our episode about the Gaslighter Theater in Campbell, California. Yes. That one really um, stood out for me because um, it, it inevitably led to me getting in touch with somebody online who used to perform with that theater group and actually still has in their possession a lot of Gaslighter memorabilia and yeah. recordings. Yeah. Um, which was, I mean, if we hadn't done that episode, if we, if we hadn't done that podcast, this podcast, you know, I probably never would have crossed, crossed paths with that gentleman. So that was for me really big. Um, yeah, I've, 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 I've always regretted that I've never managed to, there's a couple of people who I know who used to work for and run um, our childhood toy store, which is no longer in existence, Kitty World. Mm -hmm. um, and I've always, you know, occasionally asked them if I could ever meet with them and maybe do some like oral history recording or something like that. And for one reason or another, it just, it's never happened. It never kind of panned out and especially during the pandemic. Um, yeah. And I, I, it, that's probably my biggest regret from this, this show. The fact that I wasn't, it basically would have been my version of what you did with um, ozone basically yeah. Yeah. where yeah. you interviewed the director. I mean, I would have loved to do a kitty world episode and interview some of the folks who, who used to work there and get their memories of what it was like running a toy store in the eighties, you know, basically. Well, uh, look, let's be honest. I mean, the, the, the feed isn't going away. Right. We're just right. not planning to put out anything new. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if for some reason you're able to get a hold of these folks and they want to hop on like, like whereby or zoom or whatever. Yeah. And do it. Well, let's, let's figure out a way to do it. I, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, you're right because it's, it, it has been an idea rolling around inside my head even before we thought of doing this podcast so it's kind of independent of that but um i mean maybe someday if it if maybe when the pandemic's over or whatever mm -hmm. you know, i think that would be that would be really cool yeah absolutely um, don't don't give up on that dream yeah but you know i mean when i look at the big picture though about you know all of our experiences all of our episodes there's a couple big takeaways that I can think of. One of them is, is it's actually something, a, a sentiment that I've mentioned before on the show. Um, but I think saying if a person says they had a happy childhood, that's basically just another way of saying they had great parents or the people who raised them were great people. You mm -hmm. know? So in a bigger sense, I almost kind of feel like our, our whole podcast has almost been like a big three year long love letter to mom and dad in a sense. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and I definitely still stand by my initial thesis going into the show that, so much of what we experienced growing up in the 80s and 90s, the toys we played with, the cartoons we watched, um, I think that a lot of them were products directly or indirectly of the Cold War in one way or another, you know? Yes. I mean, like, you know, watching G.I. Joe every week battle a Cobra, you know? I mean, there's, you know, there's that little bit of the military-industrial complex kind of coming through a little mm -hmm. bit, you know? Um, and that's, I think that's, something that's kind of interesting, I guess. Um, yeah. yeah. It, it was, it was a large part of the geopolitical landscape at the time. And for all I know, the Koosh ball may have been something developed by, you know, the CIA that just ended up in the civilian, you know, world with a, with a, a toy application. It, you know, might've been some sort of secret spy device at, at one point or another. Sure. 
Uh, <laughs> I mean, do you have any other like thoughts, kind of as we close up the show here? Or I, uh, you know, uh, it's it's been fun. Yeah. Um, there, some of my favorite moments have been those things where either and and if you go back and listen or re-listen uh, to episodes, a- anytime you can tell where one of us like has a memory dredged up in the middle of recording and yeah. it's like, Oh, Oh my God, I can't, yeah. I can't believe I'd forgotten about such and yeah. such. And there's just that, that moment of discovery. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like when we go off script a little and something just hits us. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. That's mm-hmm. like, that was, those were always good spots. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. yeah. Well, I mean, one of the things I thought about doing for tonight's episode is kind of, I don't know if, you know, Maybe kind of a little goofy, a little corny, but maybe kind of taking one last stroll through the childhood home. Yeah, I like uh, this. Maybe, I like this. maybe looking, you know, visiting in our minds some of the different rooms in the old family house and mm-hmm. sharing a memory, you know, for the different rooms. Um, and uh, and you came up with a great list here of different rooms, um, starting off with with the living room at the old family home. Yeah. Um, and it was fun. I was able to actually talk to mom and dad over the holidays about, hey, you know. This is this thing we're doing. Taylor and I are doing with the with the episode, and you know, do you guys have any memories of of things that we used to do in these rooms when we were kids? That kind of stuff. Um, and the one memory that mom and dad had that came rushing back to me was just dad playing on the old piano and us little kids running around in circles yeah. <laughs> on the carpet, you know, while he's playing. Um, so that was kind of a fun, a fun. Yeah, memory. yeah. No, I, I have I have vivid memories of that, or or playing uh, some records on the record player. Mm-hmm. And us running around in circles, which became circles because mom and dad had these two like large area rugs, mm-hmm. um, and and like our living room, it it I mean it spans the width of the house in the front. It wasn't always one big room. Mm-hmm. I remember there being like like some of the floorboards were darker, and I was going like like why why do we have like this stripe across this half mm-hmm. of the room? Well, there used to be a wall there <laughs> with a pass through into like, I guess, I guess, you know, I can't really call it a formal dining room, but a dining room that yeah. then connects to the kitchen. Like a partition or something. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. But that, that, that wall came down at some point and made to make one big living room and these big area rugs, big rectangles. And there was just, you know, a border, I guess, basically. And as a small kid, it was, literally the width of us right and right. so we we would make you know we'd go around this border but obviously as we're running that rectangle turns into an oval pretty quickly <laughs> um but yeah i mean i remember dad playing piano um or or uh, listening to like the rocky horror soundtrack on vinyl oh really oh, oh yeah that's funny yeah um and and just just running in circles Mm-hmm. And it's so funny as an adult to be in the house and go, man, we used to run all over this thing and this house felt big. Oh, and now we're big. And it's like, I, how did we, how do we do this? How, how do we run in circles? I on remember, a carpet that fit I, half this room. I remember, and I know bathroom isn't until later in the, in the show notes, but I remember being, it was like bath time or something and I'd be in the bathtub, but you wouldn't be, you would be in the bathtub at the same time. And we were small enough that we could both kind of like, you know, circle the bathtub, so to speak, you know? 
Oh um, my gosh. Yeah. And, and which is bizarre because it's like, you know, I must've been two feet tall at the time. Very teeny. Cause yes, we would, we would kind of go around in circles in the tub, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's, I mean, talk about size of the house and, you know, just to be clear, you know, as of the time of this recording, you know, thankfully our childhood home is still, you know, the family home, you know, it's not like some folks whose their childhood home doesn't exist anymore. They it's no longer in the family. Yeah. That being said, you know, apparently Google's buying up whole old family neighborhoods. So we'll see how much longer our home is still there, hopefully for many years to come. But yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Well, it's, it's far enough out from, although interestingly enough, you, you did just share with me that the town theater oh my gosh. down at the end of our block, which oh. when, when we were very small was a porn theater. Right, it was a porn theater. Well, I mean, and then got rid of it. It's like a like an Art Deco type theater from the movies. Yes, yeah, but, yeah, but you when know, when we were small, when we were small, it was like a Pussycat theater or something like that. Um, I think that was like the chain. Um, I, but yeah, I can tell you that. So, oh yeah, um, yeah, I remember. Yeah, it was a porno theater, and then around 1990 or so, it got restored basically and became yes. like a art house theater. Yeah, um, it was. The first, it was the theater where I first saw a movie without a parent being there. It was the DuckTales movie in 1990. Nice. Um, it was the theater where in 94, I first took a girl on a date. We saw the 1922 silent movie Nosferatu. Because mm-hmm. they had like a Wurlitzer organ and they would yes. do silent movies. Yeah. I saw 3D movies there. Mom and I saw the Edward classic Glenn or Glenda there. Oh, nice. The movie theater... Maybe for the past, I want to say, 15 years, it's been Bollywood, only Bollywood, yeah. basically. Yeah. But yeah, it's up for sale now, which is sad when you think about it, because it makes sense. There's basically nobody going to movies during the pandemic. Um, yeah, I mean, I- but it would be great to, you know, even even if it doesn't remain a movie theater, but but just to do something and, and but to keep the facade. I, I'm sure they would have to keep the facade. I mean, if they didn't. I, I would hope that some governmental agency would crack down. I mean, yeah, I mean, odds are it'll probably become office space, which just makes my heart just sing with sadness, you know? But yeah. uh, on the other hand, I was thinking it's like, you know, this, movie theaters in America are probably never going to be this cheap ever again. <laughs> you know, once the pandemic's over, everybody's going to want to go back. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if I had $3 million, I mean, what I would, I would yeah. seriously consider, you know, uh, oh, yeah. investment, but I completely agree. I completely agree. Anyway. Wow. Um, Well, let's see. Um, You know, since, since we were kind of touching on the bathroom yeah, and you were talking about us uh, sloshing around it as little kids, I always remember um, there being just a little bit of the flooring and the sub flooring, like, like right at the edge of the tub that had started to like cave in. Mm-hmm. I guess cracked a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I know mom and dad were always like, no, 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 don't worry. You know, it's not, it's not like the tub's going to fall into the basement well, or anything, but it was always one of those things where even as a kid and like well into my teen years, uh-huh. it, it just, it always, always made me nervous. Yeah. There was always kind of a, well, yeah. Um, it's an older home, you know, and as many older homes, do they sort of start to show their age and the bathroom definitely i think with a lot of the uh the moisture in there yeah mm-hmm. 
Um, one thing that mom mentioned about the bathroom was apparently it was the main childhood location for timeouts if either one or both of us were misbehaving because it was the most boring space in the house. Because yes. basically if we got put in our bedroom, I mean, it's like we got all our He-Mans, we got all sorts of fun stuff going on. Oh, yeah. Us, uh, which is kind of crazy. Uh, but, um, yeah. Um, and then the kitchen, you got here the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And mom had this great memory. I didn't even have this memory. But apparently mom used to use baking and food coloring dyes to teach us about colors. Really? How you could take food dyes, color, food coloring from the store, mix two colors and get a new color. Right, right. And, and what, the, what she would do is she would, she would bake a cake. And one of us would get to choose what color we wanted the icing to be. And one of us got to choose what color we wanted the, 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 um, the, the cake mix to be. And she remembers that we once had a cake that was a purple cake with green icing. That's awesome. <laughs> Which just, it, it blows my mind. And it's crazy because when she was telling me the story at the very end, I started to actually remember the shape of the little um, food dye bottles, basically. Yeah, it's kind of almost teardrop shaped. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Right, right. That you get yeah, I remember that, and I remember doing stuff with food coloring, but I don't remember really? this cake. Yeah. So that, that's a really neat story. Yeah, yeah, that was a really good one. That was a good one, too. I'm uh, trying to think, what do I remember with the kitchen? Gosh. You know, one thing I, one thing I will say about the kitchen, like, if ever the, the house does get, you know, closed up or sold or whatever, mm-hmm. there's a handful of things that I would want to kind of, like, take away with me, salvage. Yeah. And one of them is there's an old Coke, vintage Coca-Cola bottle opener that's like screwed to the wall. Oh, the yeah. 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 Um, that's like something that I, I definitely would want to Most definitely. Know, take Most with us or whatever. Yeah. You know, I, I'll say this in terms of kitchen memories. And it, it you don't really think about it because it's technically behind the washing machine. And like there's been a cork board attached to it. Mm-hmm. But like... Our childhood home is now, I think, just a smidge over 100 years old. Yeah. Not mistaken. Or it's around about 100. Mm-hmm. So there's basically this little door that you can open and an ironing board folds out. Right. Um, like, a, like a Murphy bed almost. Yeah, like a Murphy, like a, a Murphy board. Yeah, Murphy, Murphy ironing board. board. Right. Sure. Yeah, whatever. You know what I mean? Um, and, and it's, I've only ever seen it out a couple of times, like for whatever reason, like, I don't know, we were replacing the washing machine or had to pull it out to make a repair to it. And it was like, Oh, let's see the, let's see the ironing board. Let's see, you know, open that. I can't even begin to fathom how long it's been since that's been opened. Mm -hmm. Right. If you want any sort of concept of like what on earth could possibly be hiding in there. Um, (laughs) But I, I, I think about it and I remember it only because, and I'm sitting here in my house now, which was built in the early fifties. Okay. I think it was built in 54, 53, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am right at the edge of between the kitchen and like the add on to the house. Okay. And if we were to move, we've got this little, pantry closet that's next to the fridge if we were to move that out of the way we have the same thing we have this door that i know you can open and there will be an ironing board Hmm. that will fold out of it in fact the thing that i don't know that we've ever had that open huh 
maybe once, maybe once when we first, first moved in, but yeah, part of me wants to just move stuff and open that and see what's in there now, but not while we're recording. That would make for exciting, uh, podcasting, but you know, kitchen memories. One, one really quick, one other living room memory that I had that I forgot to mention. It's actually a later memory. I think it's from the nineties. I remember we had the whole setup where we had the computer uh, set up, you know. Yeah. And we had this, we had this insane computer chair, and it was this chair, and it was on wheels. And I know what you're there, talking but, about. But you would like kneel on it. Yes, it was supposed to be a more ergonomic. Yeah, it was, and it was like the most bizarre. Like I don't know if it was like some sort of weird sharper image thing. I mean, it was basically a type of human architecture, like the ways your legs would be folded that I. I've never seen since, so obviously it didn't get picked up by the consumers in a big yeah, way. Yeah, you kind of kneeled <laughs> on this pad that was on an angle, so your feet weren't, you know, right angle to the floor. I don't even know how to describe it verbally. I mean, it's just this bizarre thing, you, you know? You were kind of shaped like a slightly reclining letter Z. Yeah, it's like your body was a Z, and it's like... And there was no backrest. Yeah. So right. you were kind of forced to keep your back upright like anybody does that. I don't think there were any arms to the chair. No, no yeah. arms, little wheels, so, you know, tube frame. It's almost like it would have been the perfect thing, the perfect undercarriage if you wanted to be like a Dalek for Halloween or something. Yeah. You know, that's, that's actually a good point. Yeah. Yes. But I don't know. Yeah. I just had this like, I don't know if I have a, a fond memory of it, but it was definitely, it wasn't painful to sit in or anything like that, but it was definitely. Uh, long periods of time, it, it was a little bit, but you know. <laughs> I have a bad tailbone, so I'm so glad you remember that crazy chair. I do, I do, and I also remember um, the coffee table that Dad built himself out of. Like, I they weren't two by fours; they were like four by fours. Yeah, they were in some of the Christmas it photos I was going through. Was yeah, I mean, it yeah. was the biggest, most robust oh, coffee table that you could ever smash your shins against. <laughs> totally, um, and we laugh. did. Yeah, yeah. We definitely did. Kitchen memory. I'm sure I must have mentioned this on a previous episode, but we had these, there was this weird like arts and crafts thing. I don't know if it was through school or not, or, but we had these plates and they're not, they're like dinner plates. They're not. I think they might be a heavy plastic. Yes, they are plastic. There was, there was some sort of, imagine if you will, dear listener, being a little kid and you're, you have like a colored pen set of colored pens and you make some doodles and drawings and then somehow, through some sort of process, that exact image gets reproduced on a dinner plate. Yes. That's the best way that I can describe this. And yeah, I'm sure we, we would draw on paper plates. Right. And I don't know if you would mail it away. I don't know if it was something done through school, but it was I, like... And I'm sure we still have them. And I'm probably... I want to say one of them was like a weird drawing, like abstract drawing of like E.T., the extraterrestrial. It might have been. You know? But, it um, might have been. And I'm sure they're still at the house. I'm sure they're still in the cupboard. Yeah. But I would I, love to bust those out again and maybe look at them or something. You know? I, I, I tell you what, um, and I think they are, I mean, I think at the time they were done through school. Was it? Yeah. Okay. I think so because not even 10 years ago, um, after a Shasta snows trip that I was on, mm-hmm. um, my friend and co-pilot on that trip, his wife, who basically uh, uh, did preschool at the time, had some extra ones and oh, basically invited us over. Oh wow! To make some, 
So okay. here I am as an adult. Wow. Basically with a blown up photograph that I was trying to trace and, and, and draw and, <laughs> and recreate something that got turned into a plate. And sadly, I have no idea where that plate ended up. Oh no. Oh, I have no idea where that plate ended up. That's crazy that that's still a thing though. That's awesome. but yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's at least as of 10 years ago, it was still a thing. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. Oh heavens. What about our room? Yes. The old bedroom. Um, the old bedroom. The, the memory that I had from this, I mean, it's, it's, it's exhibit one or exhibit the, the first exhibit in the, in the trial that proves that I'm a big poser. Um, <laughs> Basically, when I was a little kid, I started to go up to the closet door jam, I guess, the uh-huh. front door frame, and with a pen, start marking my height as I grew taller. And I did it for maybe once or twice. But then what I did was I like backdated it in the sense that I made a whole bunch of hash marks below where I was to like make it look like I had been measuring my height for years and years. Oh, and, years. and of course, it's still there, you know, um, but it's like this big fake. It's like totally fake, you know. It's just really bad. Um, yeah. But that's a uh, that's my bedroom memory, I guess. That and there was one time I had this like, I, I mean, listeners to our podcast will know that we've mentioned occasionally that our father during our childhood worked nights, basically. So we didn't get to maybe see him as much as we would have liked to. Um, and there was definitely one strong memory I have of being a little kid and having some sort of like weird freak out, and I didn't want to let dad come into our bedroom because to get into his bedroom we had to go through our bedroom yes Uh, and he had to go to bed because he had to go to bed early because he had to wake up in the middle of the night and go to work and so i took a whole bunch of pillows and i piled up against the door so he wouldn't be able to come in and go to bed oh my god yeah that was a tough (laughs) one um oh and that's funny is that that's that's obviously part of my memory is just how how strange it was that you had to pass through one bedroom to get into the other bedroom yeah, privacy wasn't a really big thing in our childhood home. No. <laughs> um, I almost think that, like, that's what causes – I mean, I'll be honest. Like, you, me, mom, and dad, we're all – I like to think that we're probably all more polite with each other than most families. And I think maybe part of that is the fact that we lived in such close quarters. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know if that's true or not, but, I mean – Well, and, I, and I'm sure there were plenty of times that we're just not remembering as we were growing up. We were – we weren't quite as polite to each other. No, no, yeah. I mean, we're you know, we fought and stuff, but yeah. I mean, no extremes. Well, and uh, good heavens. I mean, you know, there were times where, yeah, we would fight. I mean, two and a quarter years between us. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there there was definitely a point where, you know, we got big enough where it's like, oh, wow, we really can hurt each other. Yeah, I remember. Properly and, hurt each other. Yeah, I mean, sorry about that, but I, I definitely remember one time, like, shoving a sharpened pencil right in your arm or something like that or oh. there, was the, there was the time when i think you hit me with like a tennis racket you know in the head you know Probably. um i i actually i remember one time we were chasing each other around i think <laughs> you were i think i think you were chasing me <laughs> i went and hid in the bathroom okay but of course that that's a dead end right you're not going anywhere <laughs> from there and without really thinking at all, I'll be honest. I grabbed like, like whatever that freshener spray was. <laughs> opened the door without even looking and just sprayed. Oh, nice! Uh, <laughs> to basically drive you off. And I granted, I was probably holding it about the level of where your face was, not thinking that that thing's full of chemicals and <laughs> stuff. Awesome. I am now fumigating you with. 
That's so good. So. Oh, another another bathroom memory. I remember one time being in the bathroom as a little kid, and like it was it was like a family party or something, and our uncle Rob stuck his face in that little window, and he said "boo" or something like oh, that. God. <laughs> and it not only did it terrify me, but I'll be in the that bathroom like now as a forty two year old adult, and I still get scared about that about that window. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely something crazy. Oh man, yeah. Uh, one thing I added to this list of of different parts of the family home that, that you didn't have. And I think we probably should mention the scary floor heater. <laughs> yes. Thank you for adding that. And, and I wish, I wish there was some way, like I wish there was like a, a brand name or a model name that I could, I could spout out that would give our listeners some idea of what we're talking about. But basically our home is so old that the heating mechanism, it's not like steam pipes going through the house or something like that. It's basically, there's a part in the central part of our house um, that is a little hallway with a closet next to it. And there's a metal grate on the floor. And in below that grate is a huge heating element, I guess you might call it, with a yeah. pilot. Yeah. And it's basically the mechanism that generates heat to warm the house. And I can't tell you how many times, like, the severed heads of Lego men would fall down in there or anything like that. <laughs> and it was basically, uh, uh, you know, until it was, like, summertime when that thing was totally off and cold and you could get in there and vacuum, you were never going to see this stuff ever again, basically. You know? Yeah, and it 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 takes up a large enough portion of this hallway because it's a very short hallway. Right. That it you really can't avoid walking over at least part of it yeah right like you can kind of like step to the side and do like this angled step where you're just on the edge yeah but it always had just enough creak to it where i was always afraid of walking just directly over i'm like i'm gonna fall through this thing yeah especially when you think that it's by now at least probably set a century like 100 year old pot metal or something like that you know well it's stronger than pot metal i know that much. is it okay um but yeah this i mean it literally is central heating yeah right it is it is central to the house it's the heating element there's not ducting everywhere nothing like that you know no ac um but yeah if a random lego fell down there or just over the spring and summer where it would just it would get dusty right you know um just naturally like that very That very first time that the heater would get turned on in the fall, um, mm-hmm. if it hadn't been vacuumed, um, or if you hadn't gone in there and, and retrieved a Lego that had fallen down in there, yeah. that right. that smell of burning oh, yeah. dust, the burn or that smell burn, of yeah. melting plastic, yeah, would just permeate the house. Yeah, the smell of the of the fall season, right? Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> Forget pumpkin spice, right? Yeah. It's basically as scary as that big trapdoor in Jabba the Hutt's palace, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. But yeah, that, that, I mean, that's something else. I mean, it really is. It's, it's, I'm sure a feature of houses of that age. Right. um, That haven't been renovated and converted over to, you know, a more modern heating system. But that's, I I don't know, for me, at least that's part of the charm of the old house. I remember. Oh, agreed. I want to say maybe the early 2000s, maybe the late 90s, there was a um, like an AT&T telephone technician who had to crawl in the basement to fix something with our telephone wires. Yeah, our our I remember this very well. Our 
our main like telephone switching box. Yeah. Um, had failed. Yeah. Um, and yes, I think it was down in the basement. Um, and it was Halloween when this happened. Okay. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, this technician is out and he goes, finds it. Yeah. And then comes back up and he's like, yeah, so I'm going to have to just replace the whole box. Right. Because I can't get parts for this. It's dated 1919. Right, right, right. Yeah. It was and like, we were all like, are you flipping kidding us? Like, it was, it, it's really, yeah. he's like, yeah, this belongs like in our museum. Yeah, yeah. I remember him. I, that was the part of the story I remember, but I, you remember so much more about it than I do, which is good. Um, well, we yeah. also made a point because he, I mean, he was out there for a good few hours and we made a point of sending him off with like a little like thank you bag of Halloween candy. <laughs> that's awesome. Not joking. <laughs> but that's Not kind joking. of a, Here, have some sugar. It's like the perfect like nugget of a story that explains our childhood home, basically. Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, the fact that there are some things on it that have lasted for the better part of a century, if not more. Totally. Totally. Uh, she was. Yeah. So, so you've got outside on here, not necessarily yes. part of the property per se, more so than the house itself, but what, what, what sort of outside memories do you have? Right. I mean, most, most of my memories of the outside or, or, or memories, things buried, a lot of pet cemeteries, pet graves here and there. Um, I buried a time capsule in the backyard. Yep. Um, it's still there. I presume I hasn't had, haven't tried to dig it up. Um, hopefully it hasn't completely deteriorated. I'm sure I mentioned this pre on a previous episode, but, um, I definitely, it was a wooden box, but, um, I took the step of before burying it, wrapping it in a ridiculous amount of saran wrap. Yes. I seem to recall that. I have no idea if that's something that would have helped the preservation or harmed the preservation or had no effect on the preservation. Um, hopefully one day I will be able to dig it up and see what's going on. Um, I don't really remember too much about what the contents were. Yeah, um, I don't either. Which, which I think is probably the best aspect of a time capsule when you think about it. Mm -hmm. um, but do you have any like front yard, backyard memories? Um, I mean, I remember when we, do you remember when we had the juniper bushes? Yes. Out front. And mm -hmm. there's, there would be that time of year. I don't remember what time of year it was when these things would kind of, um, I don't know what the right term is. Pollinate. Okay. You know, you, you'd get these little, like, I guess they're seed pods mm. on them. And if you, for some reason, let's say, you know, you took the broom and you smacked the bush, this little kind of like yellowy brown yeah, dust yellow. would yeah. just, you know, hang in the air. Mm -hmm. um, for some reason, I just, I have memories of that. I, the train room. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, I don't remember if we talked about the train room all that much. I mean, it was basically like we had the garage. Yeah. And then there was a room behind the garage, but it was part of the same structure. But yeah, I can only imagine it was probably something of a workshop. A workshop, yeah. You you couldn't Originally. access the garage. There was like an exterior door. Mm -hmm. And in the 80s, our father decided to basically make it into a big uh, HO scale model train setup, you know? I'm not uh, sure if it was dad's idea or if it was you and me being like, we really want a train set. <laughs> probably. It was probably that. <laughs> right. Uh and yeah, the train room, the train room was great. Yeah, uh, oh, totally. And it's still there. 
Oh no, it's not still there. What am I thinking? Oh my God. What year is it? Yeah. It's Hell, my brain is tumbling through time. We, we uh, did have, yeah. The, the, it the all garage, got torn down. It got torn down and rebuilt as a new garage. I remember mom saying yeah. that when they tore the old garage down and took out the concrete foundation, they found under the concrete a spoon. And I think she still has it now. Really? So How have I not heard this? I, yeah. So apparently a spoon was laid down, concrete was poured, a garage was built, you know, and then generations later, you know, they take, take we, we took down the garage and the concrete got changed out and they, the spoon was still there, which is a bizarre thought. But That's interesting. Now, obviously we've, I think we've talked about the fact that um, there used to be a horse racing track. Yeah. We live really close to a street called Ray Street for, mm-hmm. for it used to be a horse racing track, basically. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And, and and we found at least what one one horseshoe. Found a horseshoe on sure. our property. Um, yeah, I mean the garage. The garage was awesome. It was a very magical place. A lot of weird stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Um, there was like a like an old ancient like lime green refrigerator that was. Yep. There was a section that was basically full of like vintage Playboy magazines. You know? Yeah. And it's so funny because obviously as a little kid, I'm going to get, I'm going to squirrel my way into every little cubby hole and look and see what's going on. And when I remember going through those things and I was a little kid, I had no idea what I was looking at, but the only thing I knew is that I would focus in on the cartoons just because I'm a kid. And if there's a, like a cartoon of something or a picture of a human being, I'm going to go to the cartoon basically, you know, um, which is really funny. Well, I clearly must've been a little bit older because I was not focused. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> Right, right. You know, I'm just like little kid reading like Wicked Wanda and being like, oh, that's so funny thinking it's like little Abner or something, you know, Good heavens. Or, or family circus, you know. Good heavens. Yeah, right. definitely not family circus. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's like, it's like Wicked Wanda with like a little dot that's where she's walked and you could follow her or something, you know. <laughs> oh, those are good times. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um. Oh man, what about... <laughs> I've, it felt like this was almost a little weird putting on, but we do have memories of our parents' room. Oh, of course we do. Yeah, sure. You know, it was always a place to go to if, like, I had a scary nightmare and we couldn't fall asleep or yep. any of that kind of stuff. Um, the one memory that really stood out for me is I think that's where I chose to hide when I did the thing that, you know, every kid in every, like, 50s sitcom did. They pretend to run away, you know, but they don't really want to run, you know? Mm-hmm. Um and I was like down in the corner uh, next to their bed, which was like a big old waterbed. Yes. <laughs> you know? uh, but, uh, geez, I mean, do you have any, any particular memories? I, from- that, that really seems to be my big one is the fact that mom and dad had a waterbed mm-hmm. yeah. for such a big part of our youth. Did, did we, I know, now we had the bunk beds. I know that. Yeah, we had the bunk beds. Did we at any time have water beds of our own? Not to my recollection. Really? Okay. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I think there there were a couple of times with having a cat where you know the water mom and dad's water bed would spring a leak. Oh yeah. And eventually, it kind of just became you know what this thing's more trouble than it's worth. I definitely remember the garden hose being drug in it occasionally. <laughs> yes. You remember that? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. It just, it was one of those just bizarre things. You know, the garden hose is such an outdoor thing. It doesn't come inside. Oh no, but we need to, <laughs> we need to fill the water bed. Totally. It was awesome. Um, and yeah, water bed, terrible for your back. You know, like why does anybody have them? Right. Um, so just such a weird thing. I remember it was weird because there's a 
door in our parents' bedroom that leads to the backyard. Mm -hmm. And very early in my childhood, that would be a door I remember being open. And then for decades, I remember it being like, not only not open, but almost like, like sealed for some reason. And then I think once our parents renovated the house a couple of years ago, I think it became a functional door again, if I remember correctly. I think. Yeah. I, I just, I think it became one of those things where we just, we kind of got to a point with all of us living there that we just had so much stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there just, it wasn't, I think their room kind of had a lack of storage on some level. Yeah. Um, and and so were, stuff just kind of got piled in front of that door. For sure. And there were times in my childhood where like I would be 14 years old, something like that. And I would basically browbeat my parents into renting a dumpster so we could have like a periodic purge of stuff. Mm -hmm. I, as a kid, I was just almost, I felt like almost like claustrophobic. Like there was just so much stuff, but now it's like looking back on it. I mean, I hate to second guess myself, but that's like, you know, I'm basically the reason I don't have any of my childhood stuff anymore. You know, I'm sure if mom and dad had their way, we would still have all our childhood toys and all that kind of good stuff, you know? Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I think at some point, even, even for those of us who do, you know, really hang on to stuff and, and yeah. I'm certainly guilty of that. You know, I think there's a point where, where even for ourselves, it's kind of like, okay, something needs to be done. It's time right. to have a purge or whatever time to have a purge. So the fact that you were that mature as a kid to be like, okay, look, we need to do something about this. Excuse me. I, I think that's, I think that's mature. I, I wasn't doing it. That being said, you know, at some point, presumably, you know, if the house ever gets closed up or sold or whatever, I mean, the going through of it will be something that I will be really interested in on a bittersweet kind of level. And I really hope that at some point I could find even the tiniest, like the arm of a GI Joe guy or something. You know, I mean, even yeah. if there's none of that stuff around, even if maybe like mom or dad just secretly buys a, a, like something on eBay and then just throws it like randomly in the closet so that I will find it ten years from now, like, <laughs> like a little Star Wars guy or something. You know, I mean, mom just, and dad, take note. Yeah, if they could salt it for me, basically, you know, salt the claim. You know, I mean, that, that would just be like. Uh, the a most like a very emotional thing for me, I think. You know? I, you know, a, a, as it was thinking about this episode and thinking about wrapping things up. I mean, I, I start to get emotional, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not really ready to try and imagine, you know, having to do the same thing to our childhood home that's been in the family for almost forty five years. Yeah, forty five years next month. Um. You know, I, I, I can't, I can't really fathom that. Oh um, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't want that to happen anytime soon. Well, no, I know that, but just, just to imagine it, just to be like, okay, we got to do this, this, and this, and we've got to take care of things. And I'm just like, just the, the, the act of going through that. Yeah. Just, and, and, and processing all that, I just is really kind of overwhelming. Well, the house is almost like the fifth member of the family in a way. Oh, very, know? very much so. I mean, please, they, they, they bought it and moved in when mom was pregnant with me. Right. You know, yeah. we, we, we are part of a, a probably very small segment of the population who have had the same house. Yeah. For this long. Yeah. I mean, I, if we, if it ever 
does come that we have to close up the house. I mean, I would really hope that you and I can maybe like spend one last night sleeping in it, you know? Yeah, I, we'll see, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I wonder now about when the last time you slept a night in the house. Oh, um, God. Probably. Was it the 90s? Yeah, probably late 90s. Late 90s. Whereas for me, it was like, you know, three nights ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> fair point. Fair uh, point. Uh, uh, yeah. It's still you very know, cozy. It is. That's, and that's good. That's good. And I'll, I'll tell you one thing. If you do ever sleep in the house again, I guarantee you, you will have the most amazing dreams. Because really? I, I, when I sleep in our childhood home, I have dreams you wouldn't believe oh like really yeah just just like i had dreams where our old pet cat dusty was like there but it was like i could feel him you know interesting in the bed it was like you i guarantee if you spend a night sleep in that house again you will have some intense dreams like nothing else i guarantee huh. we, we might have to we have to might have to discuss that further on our next adventure right yes exactly yeah kind of segue <laughs> Yeah, I mean a little bit. I, I've got, I mean, I've got one one more memory, which actually yeah. was probably one of the first memories that I stuck on the show notes because uh, Amber had bought um, what the grocery store labeled pub cheese, okay, which is just you know a very spreadable cheddar. You know, you put on Ritz crackers or whatever and, okay. and snack on them. And and I saw it, and I was like, oh my god, that's like that's like the Kakauna, uh spreadable cheese that we would get when we were young and for some reason i don't remember if like we were out of sliced cheese or if like i had the idea <laughs> and was like hey mom will you make me a grilled cheese with this this already soft spreadable cheese was this the kind of cheese that you would have you put on crackers during like a yes. Christmas party okay i think I know yes spreadable stuff not like little squares of you know craft cheese or something no no right. and not cheese whiz right no <laughs> and not cheese whiz not can is it still made yes okay okay yeah you can totally still get it um and so i made a point of having made a few grilled cheese sandwiches at this point with this spreadable pub cheese mm. because it just gets like you know, you see a grilled cheese sandwich in a commercial, and, and the cheese stretches. Now, this 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 cheese is just liquidy oh, at this point, and, it, and it's, but it's so good. Oh, is it good? Oh, because it oh, sounds gross. Great. No, no, no. It's so good. It's <laughs> this funny. nice sharp cheddar, and oh I just God. I have memories of just every now and then when mm -hmm. when we'd get this cacao uh, spreadable cheese and being like, "Mom, will you make me a grilled cheese sandwich oh, with God. just cheese on it?" And it was oh. so good. Oh, <clears throat> Well, you know, if we had to go out with any memory, a, a grilled cheese sandwich is a pretty good one to go out with. That is true. That is true. And, and grilled cheese sandwiches were a big part of our childhood. Yeah, for sure. Oh, man. Uh, wow. Well, you know, I mean, just because it's basically the last regular episode of this podcast doesn't mean that, you know, we have to stop thinking about good, fun childhood memories. And, you know, as we said earlier, there's always the possibility that if there's something extraordinary happens, we might, you know, we might dust out the old microphone and throw up another episode. Yeah, know, definitely. I mean, functionally, this is it. Yeah. This is the last episode. Seb's absolutely right. If something extraordinary happens, right. Kitty world interviews, God forbid someone passes. We saw the house. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> right. Yeah. Who knows? Right. I'm sure we will, you know, release a special episode. 
Right. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I want to say thank you. I mean, everybody, I know we, we, we never had a large audience, you know, we, we were never going to be a podcast that had like thousands of listeners, but mm-hmm. if you listened, uh, and if you're still listening, thank you. Yeah, thank uh, you we, we really appreciate it. Thank you for kind of coming on this journey with us. Um, we hope you stick with us in what we're doing next. Um, and if you do, if you don't, that's okay. I hope it, this has given you an opportunity, dear listener, to uh, look back at stuff in your own lives growing up, uh, whatever era in which you grew up, uh, and, and ha- had some nice memories jogged. Um, or just enjoyed us being a bunch of goofballs and coming up with all the weird stuff that we came up with. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you very much. You're here. Um, so in a month's time, uh, you will be able to find us still talking at length, probably a greater length. Mm-hmm. I imagine, um, uh, with our new show all night with the living geeks, um, in which we will talk about all sorts of weirdness and high strangeness and Bigfoot and UFOs and ghosts and the Loch Ness monster, maybe, and, um, all sorts of weirdness. Um, yeah. you know, it's basically go back, listen to, I think it's our third episode, maybe it's fourth episode, um, about the paranormal and imagine an entire monthly podcast about that. Um, so if you're on the Twitters and the grams as the, the hip kids are calling it these days, um, go find us at all night geeks. Um, and, and please, if you've had any sort of weird experience, uh, and you don't mind taking a little bit of time to write it out to us. And if you're cool with us sharing it on air, you know, send that to all night geeks at gmail.com. We totally appreciate that. Definitely. I'm pretty excited. I mean, for one thing, I'm really excited that I will still be able to basically have an hour or two every once a month to, to chat with you basically. I oh, love I definitely. Love and I, and I think especially, you know, uh, during the pandemic, it has been kind of a lifeline of oh, sorts, right. just, just to kind of get out of our own heads and For sure. uh, be social, even if we can't uh, be in the same place at the same time. Right. And, and I have to say, I'm really excited because next to nostalgia, paranormal stuff is a topic near and dear to my heart. Yeah. So I'm really excited about this new venture that we're going to be having. I hope, yeah. I hope the public um, comes along with us on this adventure, but if not, or if, you know, whatever our listenership is like, if it's new people, different people, um, I definitely hope that uh, they get as much excitement out of it as, as I have been having right now, at least. So. Yeah, I have spent a good chunk of my uh, Christmas break, my end of the year break, uh, reading books, making notes, nice. doing research, okay. um, and going, oh man, I'm already feeling overwhelmed, but it'll be fine. I <laughs> cool. promise. I promise. You know you know what's not changing is where you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter, Blue Box UFO, and you can follow Seb. At Clan and McMuffin. That's right. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Stitcher, wherever you consume podcasts, just search for If Memory Serves. Um, our back catalog will always be there. Um, you know, it's uh, Spotify, wherever. Um, even then, even though we're basically done, hey, rate and review us. Uh, word of mouth, tell your friends, being like, hey, there was this great podcast. And they talked about, you know, Nickelodeon for two episodes mm-hmm. or whatever. Go check it out. You know, I, we're, we always welcome that. 
Um, by all means, subscribe to us on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash the N-O-T-L-G. Um, all the episodes from everything on the network goes there first. And so if you want to catch All Night Geeks before it actually probably gets pushed out, uh, that would be the place to do it. Uh, if you're feeling nostalgic, go hit up notlg.spreadshirt.com and get yourself one of our F Memory Serve shirts. Um, because why not? You can still sport that rad cassette on your chest. And um, if you are able to and want to and can do, uh, please support us, the entire network, at patreon.com slash notlg. But of course, it is a pandemic. We're all locked down yet again. Um, so make sure to support independent artists and businesses um, and your favorite food joint. Uh, make sure that they get some of that money. We're not hurt, but you know, take care of those who need the help first. <sighs> well, that's it for us, folks. Thanks for coming on this journey with us. We hope you come on our next one and keep those memories you have close. Take care, everybody. Good night. Good night.